The Productive Woman, Episode 431. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan, and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, we're going to talk about the meaning part of a meaningfully productive life. You'll find more information and links to resources I mentioned in this episode in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 431. This episode is brought to you by Calm. I wonder if you ever have anxious thoughts or maybe are you restless sometimes at night or do you sometimes just not feel like your best self? Making sure we feel our best should be a top priority and by spending a few minutes with calm each day, you can be sure you're taking some very necessary time to prioritize yourself and your well-being. That's why I'm so glad this year to be partnering again with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, to help give you the tools that can improve the way you feel. Calm helps you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthier life. Their guided meditations, their sleep stories, relaxing music tracks, and daily movement sessions are all designed to give you the tools to help improve the way you feel and over 100 million people around the world use Calm. Even if you've never meditated before, you'll get the support you need to reduce stress, improve your focus, and uplift your mood. The sleep stories help you drift off quickly to recharge your brain, which is so important. They're also great for getting kids to calm their minds at night, so you can rest assured that they're getting the sleep they need. If you go to calm.com slash TPW, you'll get a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription. That's the one I pay for. And new content is added every week. So you can relax because Calm's got everything you need for a happier and healthier you. Personally, I've been exploring some of the music tracks and soundscapes offered in the Calm app. There are dozens of playlists curated for different purposes. So whether you're looking for help in falling asleep or getting the morning off to a good start or anything in between, there are Calm playlists that will help. They offer, for instance, several different yoga and movement playlists and others to help you relax and unwind or to uplift your mood. They have those that are designed to help you focus, and these are the ones I really like. Uh, and they have a broad variety of those, including study session playlists and deep focus playlists. And all of these are in addition to the sleep stories and the guided meditations that I've mentioned many times. For listeners of the show, as I mentioned earlier, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off their premium subscription at Calm dot com slash tpw just go to calm c-a-l-m dot com slash tpw for 40 percent off unlimited access to calm's entire library once again that's calm dot com slash tpw okay so let's get into this week's main topic which was inspired by a very thought-provoking conversation I had this week 
with a group of women about purpose and meaning in life. And uh, lots of interesting stuff came out of this conversation, but it really got me thinking about how these topics fit into productivity, about what I've referred to in past episodes as meaningful productivity, and the ongoing conversations we have here about making a life that matters and what that means. So I started researching what has been said about this, about how do we find meaning in our lives and why does it matter? And I thought I'd share some of that with you because I just think it's very relevant to a a lot of us and where we are in our lives in terms of trying to make a, a meaningfully productive life. So one of the things I found that I thought was interesting was some research that's been done about the sources of meaning that people have. For instance, there were studies done by the Pew Research Center asking Americans in particular what makes their lives meaningful, satisfying, or you know, just significant. And the most common answer was family. So I thought that was interesting. And then after that, the article that I read said this, One third bring up their career or job, nearly a quarter mention finances or money, and one in five cite their religious faith, friendships, or various hobbies and activities. All of these the article is talking about as things that Americans reported as bringing meaning and satisfaction to their lives. Uh, The article goes on to say additional topics that are commonly mentioned include being in good health, living in a nice place, creative activities, and learning or education. Um, So I thought, and there was a lot more of that. I'll put a link to this particular article in the show notes in case you're curious about that. Uh, But this was, again, specifically about Americans and a study of Americans about what brings meaning and satisfaction to their lives. And I just found it interesting as I was kind of contemplating this whole issue of the question of meaning and the questions we ask ourselves as witness this conversation I had earlier this week about that topic. Many of us, I think, run into questions of meaning and purpose at various milestones in our lives, whether good ones or bad ones. So when we finish college, we may, you know, be dealing with questions of meaning and where do I go from here kind of thing. Uh, Someone going through a divorce may deal with these kind of questions. I certainly experienced it at, at the time of becoming an empty nester when the last of our kids left home. And a lot of women that I've talked to come up against these questions when they reach retirement age and they're contemplating, so, you know, what am I going to do in the coming years now that I'm not going to be doing this career anymore? What all of these various milestones have in common is change. Something that has been a major part of our identity where I'm a student, I'm a spouse, I'm a parent, I'm a professional, whatever it might be, uh, it's been a major part of our identity and has given meaning and purpose to our days Well, now it's come to an end and we begin to question that identity and ask ourselves, who am I now? 
uh, as I said, I, I went through kind of a, that, I, I wouldn't call it a crisis, but certainly those questions were coming up when the last of our kids left home. And I, you know, came up against, well, for the last however many years, what has given structure and meaning and purpose to my life has been being a mom to these kids and helping them grow and be safe and all the things that we do as moms. And if I'm not doing that, who am I? What what am I here for? What purpose do I have now? And so we ask ourselves those questions. What is the meaning of life? Or at least, you know, what's the meaning of my life? And this is a very human question. There's so much out there. When I started kind of digging in and doing some research about that question, it's universal and it's been around forever. Plato, the philosopher from (laughs) so many, many centuries ago, offered one definition of humans as a being in search of meaning and that there's some comfort in knowing that it's not just something weird about me, that it is something we all ask ourselves at various times. Why is that? That was something I wanted to look into. Why is the question of meaning so universal? Well, there are a number of reasons. One article I read suggested these reasons. The, The article says, Meaning provides a sense of purpose to our lives. According to a research study that looked at meaning in life, the study expressed the positive psychological and physiological benefits linked to humans feeling meaningful. This article goes on to say, for instance, meaning, a sense of meaning that is in our, in our lives, uh, reduces the risk of mental health problems and improves physical health. Besides the concept that meaning boosts one's general well-being, the sense of purpose and that life matters and is significant are other reasons why humans look for meaning. Uh, So, you know, that's just some of why these questions matter to us and, and having a sense of meaning and purpose in our lives is beneficial to us both mentally and physically. Another article talked about the importance of meaning, uh, citing several studies that have been done on this very topic. This article said, meaning in life reflects the feeling that one's existence has significance, purpose, and coherence. A growing body of research identifies meaning in life as a fundamental human need that strongly influences both psychological and physical well-being. Another study cited in this article pointed out that individuals who perceive their lives as full of meaning live longer, healthier, and happier lives than those less inclined to view their lives as meaningful. So it matters uh, that we feel a sense of meaning and purpose in our lives. In the uh, very significant book, Man's Search for Meaning, Jewish-Austrian psychiatrist Viktor Frankl often quotes Nietzsche's words, he who has a why to live for can bear with almost any how. So having a sense of meaning, a why that's driving us, helps us endure the most difficult of circumstances. Frankl's book was about his experience in in the concentration camps during World War II. And we'll talk about that a little bit more because he has a lot to say 
about the importance of finding meaning and how we can do that. Well, knowing that it's important for our psychological and physical well-being to have a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning in our lives, why do we feel sometimes that we or or our lives lack meaning? Uh, you know, that's something I've I've thought about. Besides these sort of transition times that I mentioned earlier, where we you know, are losing, in a sense, something that helped define us in our days. There are other reasons why we might feel our life lacks meaning or purpose. For instance, at some stages of our life, our, our days might just be filled with mundane, even monotonous activities. I think of when our children are very young and there's just this constant round of feed them, change the diapers, clean up the messes those sorts of things that are just can become so routine and so monotonous and so mundane. Uh, other stages of our life where we're cleaning up after people or, or at our work where we're having to constantly be tending to paperwork, all of this stuff, this mundane stuff can feel or seem meaningless when we're in the midst of it. So that can can contribute to a sense of meaninglessness or purposelessness if we are spending a lot of time at these various stages of our life or in the, these areas of our life with mundane, monotonous activity. Or when we're tired, it's hard to feel positive and about anything or to find meaning uh, when we're you know we're just physically tired. When, as I mentioned earlier, we move from one stage of life to another and and feel a sense of loss of that thing or that role in which we found our purpose and our meaning for some period of time. And when we are struggling with a question of meaning in our own life, we can lose motivation to keep moving forward in life. We as humans need to feel that what we're doing is meaningful, that it serves a purpose, that it has significance, that we are somehow making a contribution in one way or another. And so if we are in that period of time or in if experiencing that sense of meaninglessness or wh- whatever, how do we find meaning? And that was the other question that I really wanted to dig into as I was doing research because, you know, it's an experience that I feel at various times. And so there's a lot been written about this. There was an article in The Atlantic by writer Arthur C. Brooks Uh, And in the article, he suggests that to find the meaning of life, or at least the meaning of our own life, we can assess our lives by looking at three dimensions that were identified by psychologists in a study published in the Journal of Positive Psychology. And those three dimensions or elements are coherence, purpose, and significance, And Brooks refers in his article to these as the elements that we need for a balanced and healthy sense of meaning in life. So coherence means, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, a a through line, that there's consistency in the various areas of our life. Purpose is obvious what it means, and significance, that what we're doing matters. If we can evaluate our life in those three dimensions, as he calls it, uh, we can find meaning 
in our life. And the article goes into more detail on that. And again, I'll link to that article in case you want to look at it. Another article on a website called The School of Life defines the meaning of life this way. It says, the meaning of life is to pursue human flourishing through communication, understanding, and service. And this is kind of similar, a slightly different take from Brooks's article that I mentioned a second ago. But in this article, they talk about communication, understanding, and service. And about communication, the article says, some of our most meaningful moments are to do with instances of connection. So that's how I kind of read that. You know, we've talked before about how Brene Brown says that we are all wired for connection. And so when this article is referring to communication, the way it explains it, it really is uh, a connection with other people, with nature, communication with the people who create art whether it's books or songs or films that express some emotions that we have felt deeply, um, but haven't yet seen, you know, as this article says, externalized so clearly or beautifully before. All of that is communication with other people, whether in person or, you know, through the art that they've created. And that helps us in finding meaning in life. About the the element of understanding, this article says, this is about the pleasure that can be felt whenever we correct confusion and puzzlement about ourselves or the world. The article says we might be scientific researchers or economists, poets or patients in psychotherapy. The pleasure of our activities stems from a common ability to map and make sense of what was once painfully unfamiliar and strange. So achieving understanding or helping others to achieve understanding can create a sense of meaning in our lives. And then the third element this uh, article talks about, and that is kind of a through line in lots of the things that I read, is service. And about this, this writer says, one of the most meaningful things we can do is to serve other people, to try to improve their lives, either by alleviating sources of suffering or else by generating new sources of pleasure. So doing things that serve other people that help improve their lives can contribute meaning to our own lives. Earlier I mentioned Viktor Frankl, uh, the psychiatrist who wrote the book Man's Search for Meaning. And this book came out of his experiences as an inmate in a concentration camp during World War II. And to summarize it, uh, Frankel in the book said that meaning can be found through three things. So this, again, a commonality, all these different sources kind of identify three potential sources of meaning. Frankel's were experiencing reality by interacting authentically with the environment and with others. So this is similar to the communication that the School of Life article wrote about. And the second one that Frankel talks about is giving something back to the world through creativity and self-expression. So this can be service and the understanding piece that the other article talked about as we try to make sense of the world and express something creatively that will help other people understand the world a little better. And then Frankel's third element was 
changing our attitude when faced with a situation or circumstance that we cannot change. And I'm going to go into that a, a little bit more later on. Frankel is quoted as saying, the point is not what we expect from life, but rather what life expects from us. And when we answer that question, we can find meaning. Another author, Mark Manson, has said, meaning is like the water of our psychological health. Without it, our hearts and minds will shrivel and die. And like water, meaning flows through us. What is important today is not what was important years ago, and what is important tomorrow will not be the same as what is important today. Meaning, he says, must be sought out and replenished frequently. And I think this is an important concept, and this came up in the conversation I mentioned earlier uh, that happened uh, this past week, that meaning ebbs and flows. It changes over the course of our lives, or at least where we find meaning will change as uh, we go through different stages of life. And Manson goes on to say that we can find meaning in two ways. So where the other sources, a lot of them refer to three different ways, he talks about two ways. The first one, he says, is solve problems. He cautions us, though, by saying it's easy when we start thinking of how insignificant we are on a cosmic scale of the universe to start thinking there's no point in doing anything unless we're going to save the world or something. This, he says, is just a distraction. There are tons of small, everyday problems going on around you that need your attention. Start giving it. So we can find meaning by solving problems in our own life and in the lives of others. And similar to this, his second one is to help others. And I love what he says about this. He says, as humans, we're wired to thrive on our relationships. Studies show that our overall well-being is deeply tied to the quality of our relationships, and the best way to build healthy relationships is through helping others. In fact, he says, some studies have even found that giving stuff away makes us happier than giving stuff to ourselves. As such, he says, it seems to be a hack in our brains that helping out other people gives us a greater sense of meaning and purpose. Just the fact that you can say to yourself, if I died, then someone is better off because I lived, creates that sense of meaning that can propel you forward. And I think that's so true. I really like that. When I think of searching for meaning, I think for myself of feeling a sense of contribution, that I have made the world a better place for somebody, whether it's doing something that maybe on the outside looks big and impressive or something as simple as making eye contact with the clerk at the grocery store and smiling at her. So this this sense of being able to say, if I died, then someone is better off because I lived is an important source of meaning in our lives. Um, philosopher Ido Landau from the Haifa University in Israel believes that, and I'm quoting here, people are mistaken when they feel their lives are meaningless. The error is based on their failure to recognize what does matter, instead becoming overly focused on what they believe is missing from their existence. And I think this is so important. We 
some of us, and I, I'm raising my hand here, can tend to uh, very easily see what's not right, what's missing, what's not there. And uh, I wouldn't say obsess about it, but focus our attention there. And it's hard to find meaning and purpose and value in your life if your focus is on what's missing. But instead, as he says, to recognize what does matter, what is important, what we are contributing for instance. His article goes on in more detail into several different philosophies of meaning that you can check out the article if you want to read that. But basically, I interpret what he says to be that we find meaning by reflecting on and being grateful for the things in our life that matter to us and the positive things that we are doing rather than focusing on what we think we're missing. Frankel, in uh, Man's Search for Meaning, goes even deeper. He admonishes us, maybe admonishment is a little too strong a word, but he says, we need to stop asking about the meaning of life and instead to think of ourselves as those who were being questioned by life daily and hourly. And here he's talking about those himself and the, the other inmates in these concentration camps, because a lot of what he talks about in the book is, or what he explores is, why did anybody survive? So many died. What made the difference? And he talked about those who were able to find meaning in, in what they were doing. And again, let me start over with what he said here, because I think it's important. We needed, and I, I, I say we, he, he's talking about those in the concentration camp. I'm applying this to ourselves today. Uh, so we needed to stop asking about the meaning of life and instead to think of ourselves as those who were being questioned by life daily and hourly. Our answer, he says, must consist not in talk and meditation, but in right action and in right conduct. Life ultimately means taking the responsibility to find the right answer to its problems and to fulfill the tasks which it constantly sets for each individual. I encourage you to, to ponder what that means, that the, the question maybe isn't what is the meaning of life, but instead the question he's asking is what is life asking of me and how can I answer in a positive way? He goes on in the book to say, questions about the meaning of life can never be answered by sweeping statements. Life does not mean something vague, but something very real and concrete, just as life's tasks are also very real and concrete. So to him, and I think to me as well, the question of meaning isn't just philosophical, but, but very practical. So the question isn't, what is the meaning of life in the abstract, but what is the meaning for what I'm doing today? Why am I doing today what I am doing today? And I think reframing the question that way, looking for the meaning in the activities you're undertaking, the tasks, as he puts it, uh, can, can answer the bigger question. So how do we apply all this in our own life when questions of meaning come to us, maybe plague us a little bit? 
Well, I, I thought of a, a couple of different things. I don't have the answers here. To me, this is, uh, you know, this research that I did was a start to formulating answers to these kind of questions of how do we, how do we answer the questions of meaning in our own lives. And so one thing I thought of is that maybe when we're in the midst of the mundane or, or when we're facing one of those transition periods of life that I mentioned earlier, maybe the answer is to look beyond what we're doing to ask ourselves why we're doing it. Uh, there is meaning in, for instance, the constant repetition of diaper changes or laundry if we think of them as acts of love for those that we love and share our home with. There's meaning in the seemingly trivial administrative tasks of our job if we look at them as contributions to the business's mission to somehow make the lives of its customers a little better. So I, I, I'm not sure if I'm articulating this well, but but this is what I'm trying to do as I... I, I realize that I'm feeling what I'm doing is meaningless, some task that I'm engaged in that I'm required to do for my job or in my home, to ask myself, okay, not this task, but why I'm doing it is what matters. Why, you know, what is the why for this specific task? And you can find the meaning in it that way. Another way is if we're at one of those crossroads in life, Maybe we can assess our life in one or more of the areas mentioned and look for ways to cultivate the communication, the connection, the understanding, the creativity, the service that all these various researchers and philosophers have found can result in a sense of meaningfulness in our lives. So when I am, you know, approaching, for instance, in my case, retirement soon, and I realized that I, you know, something that has defined the purpose for my life for, you know, 25 plus years, which is practicing law and, and serving my clients. And that's going to go away. And I'm asking myself, what is the meaning that I have for the next phase of my life? Maybe the answer for me is to look at these various areas. Where can I cultivate communication and connection? Where can I uh, foster understanding? What can I do with my days that could contribute to understanding for myself or for other people? Where can I um, use my creativity to put something out into the world that makes it a better place? Where can I serve all these things are are the sorts of things that, as I did my research for this episode, found all these various scientific studies and f philosophers telling us these are the things that create a sense of meaning for human beings. And sometimes, I think, simply getting out of our own heads and looking around us for a need that we can fill, however small that need might seem, can lead us into a new phase of meaning for ourselves and for our own lives and in the tasks that we are that life is putting in front of us today and in the weeks to come. I've mentioned a couple of different times in this episode Viktor Frankl's book Man's Search for Meaning. 
I recently read it for the first time. Actually, as I, it was mentioned, I think, in that conversation that I talked about earlier, and as I did my research, it came up several times. So I got myself a copy and started reading it. And I have found much inspiration from the conclusions he reaches in that book and his ability to find meaning even in the suffering that he and others endured. He reminds us in this book that there is meaning in the mere fact of one's existence. No person is replaceable. Each of us contributes something different and the world is a lesser place when any of us is lost. One of the things he says in the book is this uniqueness and singleness, which distinguishes each individual and gives a meaning to his existence has a bearing on creative work as much as it does on human love. When the impossibility of replacing a person is realized, it allows the responsibility which a person has for his or her existence. And I'm paraphrasing. He uses the masculine throughout. And let me start that sentence again. When the impossibility of replacing a person is realized, it allows the responsibility which a person has for his or her existence and its continuance, the continuance of your existence, to appear in all its magnitude. It matters that you're here. It it matters that you continue to be here. A man or woman who becomes conscious of the responsibility he or she bears toward a human being who affectionately waits for him or her, or to an unfinished work, will never be able to throw away his life. And referring to Nietzsche's statement again, Frankel says, the person who knows the why for her existence will be able to bear almost any how. So what he's getting at here is we can each find meaning in the knowledge that there are people who love us and who are counting on us, or that we have a work to do in the world, whatever that might be. Perhaps the most significant thing I read in Frankel's book in terms of answering my own questions about meaning is a reminder that my own experience of life is more within my control than not. Uh, he is famously quoted as saying, forces beyond your control can take away everything you possess except one thing, your freedom to choose how you will respond to the situation. He says, you cannot control what happens to you in life, but you can always control what you will feel and do about what happens to you. In other words, as I read this, I think I can choose to find meaning even in the most mundane aspects of my life. And knowing that that choice is mine is very encouraging to me, and I hope to you as well. I'd love to know what you think about this. Have you pondered the questions of meaning and purpose that I've been discussing here? What answers have you found for yourself that you could maybe share and encourage the rest of us? You can share those ideas, those thoughts, or your own questions in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 431. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. That's open to anyone. Anyone can find that and comment there in Facebook. 
If you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's a great place for us to continue this conversation and help encourage each other to find the answers that serve us each best. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I would love to hear from you. Before we go, just a reminder that for listeners of the Productive Woman podcast, Calm is offering 40% off their Calm premium subscription. Just go to calm.com slash tpw. That's calm, C-A-L-M dot com slash tpw for 40% off unlimited access to their entire library. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you found it encouraging or helpful in some way. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. Matter.